Hi, this is Katie from Generationally Minded. Today I want to have a little bit of time sitting down with you where we can talk about going into public with our special needs children. I'm so glad to be here today with you. I wanted to talk about something that has impacted my life a lot and many, many of the mothers that I've spoken to who have special needs children who some you can tell you know, looking at the child and others, you just can't. It's kind of a hidden disability, even though it's right in everyone's face. So I wanted to talk about going into public and how that might make the mothers and the community feel. And um, I'll first start by telling you a little bit about some of my experiences. We have had times where I have taken my very disabled, autistic, nonverbal son who shrieks. He looks completely typical we take him into public with us. Um, he does have some issues with his immune system that make it a little bit more challenging. We have to be cautious how we do that, but especially pre-pandemic, this was something that we did every day in our daily life. You know, he's part of the family and we take him everywhere. So we had an experience, we've had more than one, where we have been in um, a grocery setting primarily because those are our most frequented places, but um, we have also had this experience in a museum um, where he was shrieking, but we were given much more graciousness there. So one day we went into a commissary, which is the military equivalent of a grocery store. And my son was in his stroller and I had all the other children around me and we were in the produce section. And um, my son was shrieking, not terribly much, not as bad as usual, but that's his primary way of communicating. You may even hear him in the background during some of these podcasts sometimes. And um, a, an elderly woman scornfully said loudly so that I would hear her. And my daughter, who was probably about maybe 10 at the time, I'm not sure, was standing right near her. And this woman recognized that, you know, my daughter was a member of our family. And she said loudly, if that was my child, he would be getting it right now. I wouldn't put up with that, you know. And she went on to mumble about how she would punish him and discipline him, spank him, whatever. So my daughter was horrified because she understands the situation with her son. And she came over to me and said, Mommy, did you hear what what that woman said? And I said, Yes, sweetheart, I did. She doesn't understand. And, you know, I'm sure it's challenging for her to hear him also being loud. So um, I was, you know, not quick to leave the area because of the way that I typically will handle these sorts of situations, which um, I will explain to you after. But I waited around. I, I continued getting my produce slowly, and I attempted to catch the woman's eye. And eventually I did. And she looked at me, and I smiled. She wasn't going to speak to me. She was in a bad mood. And, um, you know, I didn't know her story either. So she didn't know mine. I simply said to her, um, my son is very disabled. I'm sorry he's making so much noise, but he can't help it. He doesn't want to. He's nonverbal. He has autism and his body can't always be controlled by him. And I apologize for the sound, but, um, it's not something he can help. So it really took her aback that I wasn't rude. It took her aback that I bothered to give her an explanation. It took her aback that I wasn't making excuses for my son. I simply laid out the medical issues and I apologized, but I wasn't apologizing. 
Um, I was, I was apologizing for the discomfort we may have made for her, but not for my son because this is who he is. So surprisingly, this led to a conversation where I was able to uncover that this woman herself was in excruciating pain. Her own son had been in combat and he had been very, very badly injured to the point where they didn't think he would live. And now she was his primary caregiver and she was wrestling with so much of her own pain that her tolerance levels were low. Her, her, um, radar for what might be going on in other people's lives had shut down. And through our conversation, it was made, I think her awareness was made more clear that other people are struggling as well. And I was able to show her compassion for what she's going through. And we left very peaceably and I'll never forget her. And I will always pray that her life and her son, you know, will become well and better. Um, the same kind of situation happened in Walmart. I was there to pick up a package to go because at that time, you know, with the shrieking, we tried to, to minimize trips where there might be an echoey type of place. So he likes to shriek places that are tall. Walmart is tall. And, um, I was waiting at the little automated register to pick up a package, which was a new thing for me, quite overwhelming, to be honest. I really would have rather just spoken to a human. I'd already been back and forth across the store and I was feeling a bit frazzled trying to figure this out. And then the package would not come down through the chute. And I was having trouble finding an associate. I finally did. And they said, oh, we'll go to the back and figure this out for you. So I was stuck. My, my intended quick in and out of the store was no longer quick. I now had to wait on an associate to come back with my package. So my son began shrieking. And yet again, another elderly person from a different section of the store at checkout began shrieking back. And he was commenting loudly over all of the different checkout uh, stalls or whatever you want to call them about my son and his loudness and, um, you know, how that shouldn't be tolerated. <laughs> and, and actually, I think he meant it to be jovial. Um, surprisingly, it didn't feel jovial to me at the time because I couldn't go anywhere. And I was getting really bad stink eyes from pretty much everyone. The um, internal bank and the internal jewelry store there at the <laughs> checkout area of Walmart had many associates giving me quite a difficult eye. So yet again, I launched into advocate mode and try not to take it personally because that is quite a challenge and I know it can be for all of us moms but um, I began to just explain to him and in the end he understood and he left with a new awareness and we were both on friendly terms and what I have realized um, through these sorts of experiences is um, that I need to be an advocate I am an educator. There are 20% of the world population that has some form of a disability and it's growing with autism and other hidden disorders that the person may look typical, not to a geneticist, but you know, maybe even to a geneticist, but, but the typical common eye cannot see what's going on. And yet these people have essentially what is a brain injury, something in the brain that has not developed right or is being interfered with that is causing them to have a, a behavior, an output, an expression that is not typical. And 
I have come to the firm and solid belief that is part of my mission in raising my son and my daughter, but she has been able to grow through a lot of these behaviors now. Um, but my awareness of this began when she was small because of her own disorders and um, disabilities. But I am not just an advocate for my children. I am an advocate for a fifth of the world population. I am an educator. I am able through the through the mission and the gift of my children to be able to go out into the world to get noticed. I know it feels uncomfortable, but I get noticed and then to have conversations an interpersonal interaction with people that is right there in their space that they have brought upon themselves. And I deliver in a loving, compassionate way to educate them on what 20% of the population is experiencing. And now awareness has grown. And when these people leave with a positive mindset and a positive interaction with me, now understanding a glimpse of what a large piece of the world experiences and a way that they can now understand, maybe even advocate with us, you know, if nothing else, certainly never behave that way in public again, um, towards someone who is disabled. So really only good comes from it. If I handle it the correct way, it is nothing that I need to take personally because these children have been gifted to me. Yes, it is a challenge. But every life has challenges. And I am blessed to live in a a nation where I do not lack water or food or a roof over my head. You know, I look at other countries and I think, wow, I have it so good. And if my mission of my children, if I I perceive that as a a real problem, then I'm choosing my own problem. (laughs) Because it's a mindset issue. If I choose to look at my children and the challenges that come with raising them, as a gift, as something that's happening for me, something that is giving me an opportunity and a tool to help the world, to help the community around me, to advocate for others in worse situations than us, then I have been blessed to have something that will give me fulfillment and give me a way. I don't just sit around wondering what's my life for. So um, I will tell you one more story. That will help bring some balance also, I hope, (laughs) at least it's what helped bring me balance, into your decisions about where you go. We did choose to take our children to the Philadelphia Museum of Art. We have um, an 11-year-old who had been desperate to go to an art museum since he was very little. He's a big fanatic of, of art, loves to make art, see art. So we had an opportunity, a rare opportunity to go. And all we had to pay was parking, which was a tremendous blessing. And so we went. So we strapped our little guy into the stroller, brought his water and snacks and everything we needed to try to keep him happy. His, you know, headphones um, to dampen sound. Well, little did we know we were going into the largest echo chamber I think I've ever been in. So we went in and within a very short amount of time, the shrieking began. He gets overwhelmed very quickly, but also he just loves an echo. So to make a long story short, everyone was very kind to us. The staff was kind. They said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Just stay away from the paintings because that's what they were telling everybody. Um, We understand. We understand. Kids come in here and they make noise all the time. But my son was making more noise than your average kid. And 
I knew that most of the other patrons in there had paid the ticket to see that place. So I knew it was not within my right. I suppose I could have made it this way, but I wanted to be gracious. I want to be considerate of the world around me. And I knew that, sure, we could see the museum, but we needed to do it in a way that was the least invasive to other people's experience. So we tried to find rooms that were empty, tried to go quickly, the rooms where the children wanted to linger. I would make sure that I took my son or my husband would take our son and we would try to take him somewhere where there wasn't so much echo, where he could be quieter, where we could sing little songs with him, distract him. It certainly made for a less enjoyable museum experience for us as parents, but you know, that's just part of parenting. And we since then learned that, that we will need to do things like museum trips, luxury things, a little differently because it is not our goal to further agitate the world. We want to advocate. So we need to proceed in our advocacy in a way that is appealing the best that we can. Nope, we don't have to make our son appealing to people. But our way of exposing them to us um, can be carefully chosen. So we now are aware of that and um, we still have a great life. We do many, many things, which now during the pandemic are harder, but that's the same for everybody. So um, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope that you will be able to um, also seek fulfillment in other places and not look for fulfillment in the outside community, not look for fulfillment from other people that do not understand your life. I hope that you'll be able to know that there are two types of people. There are those that we advocate to for our children, and then there are those that are going to advocate for us and with us. And our fulfillment should come from those that are like-minded, those that are living our kind of life. We need to build a community around us of other parents that understand. And, you know, friends that maybe they don't have a special needs child, but maybe they have been with us enough that they love our special needs child and they understand enough of our life that, you know, we can be filled up by them. So separating out where we're seeking our fulfillment can actually lead to greater fulfillment because when our expectations are not off balance, when we're not expecting the world to give us props for what we do or the world to give us graciousness or understanding or compassion because they don't understand and you just can't know what you don't know. But when we look and say, I have, you know, these five friends or these three friends or even if it's just your spouse right now and you decide you're going to begin to build that community for yourself. Remember, you choose where you get your fulfillment from. And so um, I, I just want to encourage you to keep that in mind. And I'd really love for you to join my community. I'm building a community of people that we can empower one another. We can discuss these sorts of things together. Um, we can bring problems to each other and, and brainstorm together, learn from each other, and always end on a, a positive note of empowerment and of the acceptance of the richness of the mission that we've been given and not live in a woe is me life, but look for the blessings in the circumstance and look for the good together and help each other through. We don't have to go through this uncharted territory alone. So I invite you to come to my group. It's on Facebook. It's very hard to find right now. 
So you will have to type in um, www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash the greater honor. So again, www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash the greater honor. And you should be able to find us. Um, if you cannot find me there because the group is still difficult to find for some reason, it is not a hidden group, um, but Facebook just doesn't want to bring it up. You can also go look for my page, which is Katie Keen Special Needs Family Coaching. And from there, I can give you the link to join the group. We already have a small group of just precious moms who, um, you know, we're excited to encourage each other and be on this journey together. So come and join us. We'd really love that. And dads are welcome. (laughs) My husband will be involved in the group. We just got him in. And um, so he's really looking forward to a place where he can also connect with other dads because there are so many dads going through this. So as time rolls on, we're also going to be involving um, our our older children because they would like to start a a segment of our group for siblings because they know it's very hard for siblings to connect with other siblings of special needs children. So um, please come visit us there. We're really looking forward to having you and to building our group of people um, to celebrate our lives and to celebrate our children and to just enjoy the richness and beauty that we do have, even when we have to look for it. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to all of you soon. Thank you for spending this time with me. I really appreciate it. Bye.